This call is being recorded. Welcome to episode three of uh, the Banter Pub podcast. You are joined by Neil, uh, Manchester United supporter. And let's go all the way to the end and start with Ama. Yeah, this is Ama, Arsenal supporter, Seattle Sounders, but most importantly, uh, Nigeria Super Eagles. <laughs> Sheldon? Uh, yeah, this is Sheldon, uh, Liverpool supporter, still Liverpool supporter. Don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't. You know, uh, no need to mention any other teams. Liverpool, it is for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jonathan. Hey, 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 Jonathan. Uh, international citizen, Manchester Hello. City, Orlando City. We out here, <laughs> man. We out here. <laughs> and finally, Joseph. Uh, good evening. Uh, this is Joseph, um, resident uh, Arsenal uh, supporter, uh, chief of staff um, of the uh, <laughs> of uh, the Arsenal supporters group. Now, bloody rubbish. Um, also, um, also. Um, somebody who's very much uh, fond of Orlando City um, and outside of those two clubs I don't really support anybody else but now I've got love for some not everybody but some yeah like you know some some do get some love some do get some admiration but none more than the Arsenal the Arsenal was what by far the greatest club the world has ever seen and it's awesome Someone's already been drinking. Nah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's dig right into the. Uh, on that note, let's dig right into the top four. Obviously, there was a um, there was a big shock in the uh, in the <laughs> matches, but it didn't affect the top four, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Uh, the uh, the uh, let's talk about uh, Watford singing uh, Liverpool, um, and uh, in my view, play, when you when you when you play midfielders who have terrible shape ups over Milner and you know Lana and you know Taylor's got to get that shit fixed. I'm sorry. He, he 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 has got before games. I, I don't know what I don't know what barbershop he needs to go to. But, uh, my goodness. I don't know. Them men have money. Don't 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 tell, don't don't blame us on the barbershop. Them men have money. Them men can right. fly in any barber in the world. I don't want to see any self-respecting black player out here with a bad shape up when you are going to walk peace up. I don't care if you play for Liverpool. I don't care if you play for Luton Town. I don't even care if you play for Lincoln. If you are earning bread, you can get the barber to come to your job. Don't care. Don't care. Liverpool. No excuse. What kind of language? So, hold on. I, I, I think a couple of people might need to mute. There's a lot of uh, yeah, noise. Adam, is that um, you in the background? I hear with the, with the background noise. Um, hello? you may have some background. Yeah, hello. Like a, might have like shuffling some stuff around. So. That um, dog again. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. 
Uh, so I don't know if you all want to start. I can start, obviously. Um, I know it's going to come back to me. I'm having like responders and stuff, as y'all say. Anyway, but, <laughs> yes, um, you will. So actually, yes, actually will. with that, let me let me go ahead and I'll, I'll just say what I have to say. Um, yeah, so the, the lineup when I saw it um, was a little bit concerning. I was actually talking to some fellow uh, Liverpool fans today about that. Um, Lovren was red flag number one. Uh, Keita, I, I I feel like he's just about ready to be uh, a flop, quite frankly. Um, and, you know, those two just concern me. Mostly Lovren La- concern me, but I felt, you know, you still got a solid base there. Um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't think it would matter in the end. Um, and, and per se, those players didn't necessarily matter. Um, it was just everybody was terrible. Um, I mean, even Van Dyke didn't have his best game. Um, you know, there were there were points in the game where, you know, even he was making yeah, somebody definitely doing something in the show. Um Yeah, 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 go ahead, Sheldon. Keep going. Um, so what was I going to say? Um, oh, even there was, there was some points where even Van Dyke was just making passes, and he acknowledged himself. He's like waving his hand himself, like how could he passed? I think to Lovren at one point, and it was just, you know, I, I mean, it was not even on target at all. And there was nobody around. It wasn't under pressure, um, and that was just a worrying sign. But um, you know, the the front three were, were invisible. The midfield were unhelpful. Um, and the defending was shambolic. I mean, it just was, I, mean, I think the only person on the team that I wasn't disappointed in was, was Allison. And I think, you know, I don't think there was any one of those goals that you could really fault him for. And he definitely made a couple of key saves and that was it. Um, you know, aside from that, I think everybody else needs to look in the mirror. Um, and so, you know, as I kind of round out my comment here, I'll just say that uh, I think this this loss is it's tough. But as you said, the, the, there's no change at all in the top four. Or sorry, in the top, you know, our proposition at least. And, um, you know, we're still likely to, to win the league. And so with that perspective, um, you know, it's easier to take, but I know it will really, really sting uh, if in a few weeks this is literally the only loss that we have. I, I'll, that will really make it sting because then you'll realize that, you know, we won't have to have, we didn't have to uh, endure this arsenal torment that we've <laughs> endured for the last few days. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's sort of my take on it. Well, yeah, I think, you know, you pretty much summed up, uh, you know, uh, as a uh, neutral, um, but I was rooting for, you know, Troy Deeney and his squad, obviously, um, <laughs> for once. doesn't happen often, but for once I did. And, yeah, I think uh, uh, the, uh, the, the attack was together, but not synced as they usually are, which was surprising, and usually that level of... Uh, cohesion usually comes from the midfield and that's why I said I was surprised that uh, Milner uh, wasn't selected because usually and, and it's been talked about by a lot of pundits post that the, the match that uh, had 
had Milner been in the lineup for the game, the, the result might have been differently because he doesn't stand for a lot of the mistakes that were made. You're, um, you're absolutely right. Sorry, not to cut you off. You actually, you know, this this is actually a really good point. Uh, and I don't know how I forgot to mention Hendo, but I think this was one of those games. Milner and, and Hendo, but Hendo especially, like, they just don't stand for that. Like, I envisioned him being on that field and just yelling at people like get your ish together because that's again it wasn't like one player making a couple of mistakes it was just the entire team just wasn't together and as you said um you know Hendo's obviously you know out but Millie being in there I think would have um definitely changed the complexion uh, of that game. I don't know if it changed the result. I mean, it was kind of, frankly, we, you know, it, it wasn't close, um, especially second half. Um, right. And <laughs> apparently I'm, I'm Pillsbury Doughboying uh, uh, people over here, you know, with, with that thought. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, it's true, though. Like I said, I think that it was in closer. I'll just say that. Go ahead. No, no, I, you know, I, and, and, you know, I'm sure, uh, the other folks on the, you know, on the uh, roundtable will have uh, additional commentary as well because it, because that was probably, um, uh, you know, outside of the Spurs match, that that was probably the most exciting match. It was a, uh, it was certainly uh, the match. You know, it, it. I mean, it obviously won match of the day because of the significance of the upset. But I think it helped. If anything, that match helped Watford more than it hurt Liverpool because. Watford kind of needed this game to say, we're still here, we're still relevant, because a lot of people laughed them out of the league yeah. earlier this season. We were talking about this right right before the call started, like, you know, um, or, or rather or rather right before we started recording, that they were literally being laughed out of the league, at least in our WhatsApp group, after losing 9-0 nine to, nine to Leicester. And, you know, uh, for, for, yeah. for a team, I think, to um, under Troy you know, under Troy Deeney's captainship to kind of bounce back, you know, uh, in the way that they have with this game so late in the season as we're, you know, this is like the crescendo part of the season where literally, you know, Europe is uh, kicking up, um, at least for some players, uh, you know, at least for some teams. Um, and, yeah. And uh, it, 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 it was a tie race, a tie relegation race, and... I think Watford needed this win. Uh, I mean, Liverpool obviously that um, they're I'm pretty sure they're going to win the league unless they have an epic collapse, which I would really I would really be going in on people. <laughs> Liverpool blows this league, but <laughs> they uh, um, no Watford really needed to win this match, and you know they did it. They pulled it off. And I think it's indicative that Liverpool. I mean, like every championship side, I mean, City went through it uh, two years ago, much more so. And last year, too. Like, they have to really have these scrappy, scrappy wins to to see yourself as a champion. And Liverpool has been winning a lot of scrappy games, like 1-0, close 1-0 games, or 2-1, 3-2 last week. So it was, it was a matter of time before that luck was going to run out, and it just ran out this week. Um, 
and obviously expose a lot of the things that Sheldon just brought up, uh, which, I mean, it's not going to make much of a difference this year, I don't think. I think they're going to probably win the rest of the matches, except against City, of course. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, uh, the, the the scrappiness can only take you so far in, in, throughout the whole season to be invincible like Arsenal were. Yeah, I mean. And speaking of Arsenal, I think we should let the uh, the. I think we have three yeah, yeah, gunners. Joseph can't speak. I don't, don't want to hear Joseph today. The, day. I the don't gunners know. have arrived. Yeah. 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 Waiting, Well, look. I mean, all I have to do is say it's all Greek to me because at least we didn't get bounced out of Europa League by Olympiago. So you know, and we can get to that in a moment. But let's talk about. Yeah, that's <laughs> this, uh, I, I, this, I was uh, gonna let him let him get go there and then go ahead. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Who me? Oh, I'm. That, that's fine. This is this is I'm. This is I'm. I'll go. I'm, and I'll go because I'm, I'll be brief. It's like the fact of the matter is, you know, everybody's not built for that invincible life. Like, you know, everybody, the most, the, the, the thing that's most satisfying as an Arsenal fan, the, it, the, the most satisfying thing was, is not having to hear about the greatest team ever, blah, 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 when they haven't yet done what, what uh, the Invincibles did, right? And so that's, my, that, that's what's really satisfying about it. Obviously, Liverpool plays attractive soccer. I like to watch them. Um, this season and the last couple of seasons, um, they've been nice under flop, but you know they're not the Invincibles. I think that was that that was a really important uh, distinction made. The team looked super lackluster. They they lacked the motivation, desire, the heart to actually dig it out. I mean, they, they didn't score a goal. Like this is okay. a deadly. Two, two guys who, who shared the golden boots with an Arsenal striker last season and, you know, nothing. Um, you got Hawks, our sloppy seconds, still nothing. Um, I was just like, what, what are you guys doing? What? <laughs> so, so, so overall, second. it was just like, <laughs> so, so overall, I'm just, I'm gratified that, you know, Liverpool showed their level. Um, in spite of how fantastic they are, they're no invincible squad, and um, <laughs> and I wish them luck for the rest of the season. Well, uh, first of all, I'm going to correct you, Ama, because the the greatest team in the Premier League was the 1992 Manchester United squad. So anyway, I'm going uh, to let everybody else continue. The records say different. I'm going to let everybody else continue because you know class of '92, but you know, and you know. I realize some of you may not have been, you know, supporters of your own club in that time, but, you know, I was. But anyway, anyway, or, I'm sorry, some of you may not have even been in the Prem in 1992. Let me, let me take that a step further, Jonathan. Um, anyway. We're going there, really. Jeez. Gosh. We went in the Prem in 92. Early for the, for the, for the haymakers. Okay. <laughs> I will start neutral and then I will go spicy. So basically, here's the neutral. Um, no shade at all. I think um, it does need to be 
it does need to be expressed just how uh, incredible an achievement it is to go unbeaten. Um, I just feel like, you know, this is one of the things that really annoyed me about the takes. Not necessarily to do with what Arsenal have achieved, but just necessarily to go unbeaten for that long. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if, it's some, if it's something that everybody could do, they would do it, but they don't. And that's the whole point. I mean, we have not seen an unbeaten run this long since Arsenal. So again, full credit to Liverpool, full credit to Jurgen Klopp and them man there for doing you know, for grinding it out for that for this one because it did look like um, you know Leicester and a couple of the matches there, West Ham the other week. It did look like it, you know, that time was coming, boy. And, and I just felt like you know, yeah, I don't know if they've got the legs to kind of see this through, but they really need to push it for as long as they possibly could. Shame that they got blanked by Watford. When a player like Saab comes in and can catch up, Watford. Packed against the wall performance as well. Um, I think I saw a statistic saying that Nigel Pearson was the first manager since, like, um, first manager of the club since uh, I can't remember who in the, but it was a long time that he said not to beat them, but stop them from scoring. That is a very important thing. So, again, on both sides, the level of this, the, the magnitude of this defeat. Is, is huge. Um, it's huge for Watford because they need the points. And it's huge for Liverpool because that just expresses the magnitude of what it is that they were chasing. They were literally going to do something that has not been seen. Now, two... <laughs> okay. I just want to give a quick dressing down to everybody who seems to think that the achievement of finishing the league unbeaten and winning it is, is light or something. I have seen all sorts of nonsense, most of it non-sequitur nonsense, about how this is doesn't make us really invincible. The parameters of what it means to be called invincible is very, very simple. Win the league and do so without losing a single league fixture. If you men are so good, do it in it. And this is not just directed at Liverpool. This is directed to Spurs, man. This is directed to Manchester United, man. We're talking all sorts of spicy Even mentioning how they're troubled on President. When you come to in the trouble, it was Celtic in 1967. Most of you men weren't even born yet. But I don't want to hear that. Now, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't need any of you crusty bastards coming for our golden trophy. When the league wants to commission a special trophy for your little Fifi achievements, they will do so if it's so important. But until then, you men, go ahead and get your game together, get your shit together, and see if you can do what we have done. See what you can do, what Preston North End has done. See what you can do, what Conte's Juve has done. See what um, AC Milan in the 90s have done. See if you can do that. Let me just see if you can do that. Don't mention the Champions League, that's not relevant. Don't mention your domestic cup, that's not relevant. Don't mention your domestic league cup, that's not relevant. Stay focused at the end of the day. If you can win the league without losing a single league fixture, I will dock my cap to you and all of you men, including Spurs. That says a lot, but none of you have got the minerals, none of you have got the tools, all of you are washed. Go home, fix your hairline, do something constructive with your time. Because what you don't have, 
is a golden trophy in your trophy case. It doesn't matter. Some of you don't even have a trophy in your trophy case. And I don't want to hear none of it. If you come for us again, I swear on everything that is holy in football, you man will have to answer to me. You don't want that because I'm loud and opinionated. You don't want that. You don't want them kind of problems. But it's calm. Because you know why? Because Arsenal have done something that no club in England has done something. Arsenal has done something that you man don't even have the minerals to get them. While we're winning the league unbeaten, <laughs> and the Premier League is like, no, we've got to get them. Call up the man in a minute. Make sure you get some gold stuff. Make sure it's all gold. Matter of fact, 24 karat gold. One that, one that. Yeah, don't worry. We'll dump the money. We've got that. That's how special we are out here. None of you FIFA see clubs can touch this. Understand that. Respect the achievement. Yeah? <laughs> don't let me ever catch you talking spicy about something that you couldn't even do for 15 matches straight. Never mind 38. Boy, who are you kidding? <laughs> huh? Don't ever chat spicy to me again. Adam, let him know how you, how you really feel. <laughs> Adam, do you have anything to add before we move on? Um, I think my fellow gutters covered it. I will say this, um, for the most part, I don't believe that you need to be, you know, we can get into, that could be a whole nother podcast, like what's the greatest team. I don't think, even as a gunner, I think you can, I personally think the Invincibles are the greatest team because that's the greatest achievement. But I understand the arguments that um, the way you win the league because technically, you can draw all your games and win a couple, which is what Arsenal have done this year. Like we actually haven't lost that many. If a couple more, if a couple of our draws were just wins, we'd be way higher in the table. Um, so you can do that um, and be unbeaten and not necessarily be some sort of world-beating team. Um, so, but I, I do respect. I, I still, again, I am a favor. Uh, I'm biased towards Arsenal in terms of. Yes, that is the greatest team because, again, like I was mentioning, I think an offhand comment while uh, Amon was speaking. But, yeah, you have to have to maintain that level for a whole season. It's the focus that I really respect. And just as you pointed out, like, there's not even a goal there. Like, it was just just kind of like, all right, guys, you got to you gotta come with something. Like, show some heart there. Um, so, I mean, there's been enough dressing down, nothing more to pile on. Um, it was a brief glimmer in my terrible sports weekend of light. So I appreciate that. So thank you, Watford. Thank you, Troy Deeney, who I usually hate, um, and, and them. So, um, yeah, I appreciate it. I honestly did not. Th- I mean, I, I thought Liverpool was going to lose at some point this season, as um, someone pointed out. I'm sorry, I forgot, but yeah. I thought it was going to be City. Um, I thought maybe we would, and I thought because we play them, um, I think it's not till May. I think it's the second to last match day of the season or the third to last match day. I thought maybe because Arteta, the way, the trajectory of our team, I think we could have stole it one also because it was the um, toward the end of the season and maybe lack of focus because by then, I mean, pretty sure the, the league will be won. Um, so I thought we'd pull one away from them as well, but um, so and I still think we can, but um, yeah, that's pretty much it on my side. Well, I think you know, uh, you know, just to kind of 
uh, wrap this up in a bow before we move on to fair play. I think uh, uh, I think Liverpool certainly got humbled, but I think you know with losses, you know, and and Virgil Van Dyke, you know, said it best. He said, you know, we're going to bounce back um, and you know focus on the next couple of matches. Um, I think you know they're going to have to do significantly well after this. Um, and I think, and I actually am concerned, and I'm, and I'm sure, I'm sure Sheldon can boast about this. I'm actually concerned, at least for the domestic teams, they have to play in the next couple of matches because, uh, you know, I think all of the anger will be let out on, uh, from, from Liverpool will be let out on the, you know, at least for the next two, two games domestically will be let out on these other two, uh, clubs. Um, and yeah, I think, and, and there's also the, you know, the, the league cup, um, I know the, uh, uh, Carabao is done, but the, uh, league cup is still going on. And, um, you know, uh, we saw, uh, you know, before we move on to fair play, I think, uh, kudos to, uh, Arsenal for, uh, taking, uh, Portsmouth out. Um, congrats to, uh, Socrates for scoring a goal finally and doing something productive, uh, cause he hasn't done anything productive. Um, this whole season, besides getting, besides getting injured, um, so yeah, <laughs> that's like his third goal of the season. What are you talking about? <laughs> his third goal again, again, his third goal of the season. Congrats to him. Pass on the back. I'm not <laughs> knocking the guy because I was a supporter. You know, because as a Dortmund supporter, when when he played for Dortmund, he was doing great things. It's why Arsenal bought him when they did they bought they bought him at the height of his career um i, I think everybody was a little shocked that uh, or no i was i think the but i think the great thing about the league cup and i'm curious how everybody else feels about this before we get into fair play how we feel about the the smaller clubs playing you know basically the big dogs of the league um you know, of the prem, basically, you know, you have your Portsmouth, your, uh, your, you know, your Leeds to a certain extent, you have your Derby County, um, your QPRs, um, and then even some of the League Two sides as well, um, coming into the League Cup and really, uh, in some cases, doing well, you know, beating, beating bottom of the table prem sides um, and, and knocking them out of the League Cup. Um, obviously, there was the you know the, the major shock last season when when United was bounced out, um, and I take no and I don't discredit the team that knocked us out. I think it was uh, Sheffield Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, like uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious what everybody how, how everybody else feels about this, this 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 league cup. For those of us that are still playing in the league cup, how about the league well, cup? To, yeah. to clarify, it's just to make the FA Cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The League Cup is over. Man City won that, but to be fair, that's the only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ash Man City. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, the FA Cup, but you know, League in the domestic cup, domestic cup, you know, you you know what I mean. Congratulations, but congratulations to City on winning the League Cup. You know, it did look like Aston Villa were going to get back in it. You know, well done. Good stuff. There you are, Jonathan. That's your one. Tip it, 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 tip it,
But um, but yeah, FA Cup stuff. Um, you know what? Um, I thought our youth once again showed just how wonderful they are um, tonight against Portsmouth. Um, and Socrates basically you know, after the um, we needed to bounce back in the first match that we played uh, after the disappointing, heartbreaking, infuriating. Just, um, <laughs> uh, lost to in the second leg. Um, to be fair, my anger quickly kind of subsided to like um, to just, just just sadness because the way that Aubameyang reacted after missing that sitter was just like you could see how much it was. Um, and I felt that pain too. But I mean, we definitely bounced back against Portsmouth. We um, Joe Willock looked great in midfield again. Guendouzi is impressive. Uh, Reese Nelson was pretty much doing whatever the hell he wanted tonight. Um, I think we were pulling all the strings. But shout out to Man like I know that it was disappointing to have to, um, you know, been part of the reason why we conceded one of those two goals that we have scored against us, as far as the Olympiacos is concerned. Um, but that finish was exquisite. Um, unbelievable. Like, he finished it like a centre-back. Um, sorry, centre-forward. Um, he might want to sit down with Lacazette and then Mande and just, you know, kind of show him how to do that. Uh, instead of skying <laughs> into Rosette. For a Yeah. Good performance. Portsmouth were looking plucky in the first half, but, you know, they really kind of... You know, we're going to rugby anyway to play football league stuff. Um, I think 50,000 of them are going or something like that. It's not real how many people are um, But uh, it's, um, you know, well done to them for getting this far in the competition. Uh, they gave us a good match. We responded. We played well. We could have won by a lot more. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the draw. I actually forgot Portsmouth was still in the league. Like, they were still a football team. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. If I were you, I would probably avoid the Portsmouth part of your UK trip, just in case any of them. Yeah. So quick. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. thing I was gonna say is, yeah, Portsmouth are are not in their uh, in their in their pomp. Uh, like in the days when they they had kind of playing for them, uh, but they they played a decent game. I mean, uh, they they gave the boys a a challenge, and I was really I was just proud of the the performance. Um, I don't think anybody mentioned how well soccer played again, um, out of position, and still able to be super incisive and and uh, handle some of the physicality that was being thrown at him uh, today so I, I, I you know oh yeah it was, it was really a really young squad and they did really well um, and it goes to show that uh, you know this would normally be like our cup rotation squad but they look like the first team like it, it was still a strong team even though it's uh, mostly youngsters uh, right. so good, good job and uh, yeah we'll see who we get next I, yeah, I just want to speak to, I mean, I know Neil pointed out, like, for people who have to play Liverpool the next couple of matches, and while we're talking about the FA Cup, remember that tomorrow is Chelsea um, for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then after that, it's like, I mean, even, I mean, that's going to be a match. Because, um, I mean, Chelsea's got something to prove after their um, champion. So that's, I mean, I honestly have to set the alarm to watch that one. I'm not going to lie. That's ESPN Plus, <laughs> please stream correctly um, tomorrow because that's going to be a match because Chelsea's at home. They've got something to prove. They're going to feel like... Um, Liverpool is vulnerable right now, so and Liverpool's got something to prove, obviously. And then poor Bournemouth on Saturday. Um, regardless of what happens with Chelsea tomorrow, that Liverpool gets them at home, like that's just gonna be a massacre. So yeah. um, they're gonna go to the church and get the chopper. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So I mean, and just to speak to what Neil asked. Uh, I mean, uh, the point he made, like, the FA Cup, I, I've always appreciated it, even as I was coming up, um, learning about soccer and trying to understand what the hell this thing was. Um, yeah, just like you said, the, the FA Cup magic that they keep selling, I'm sure it's bigger overseas when they're trying to sell their pay, pay TV packages. Um, but yeah, just the fact that the, the little guy, I mean, I'm happy for Portsmouth. They get the TV revenue of because, I mean, Arsenal is probably one of the more vigorous fan bases and, you know, that TV revenue, it's great for them. And, you know, they did, I agree, they played a great match um, with our technically cup rotation team, but kept it to just 2 nothing. Um, a lot of other teams, it might have been much worse. So, um, yeah, so I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the rest of the week. There's some good matches coming up, so it should be a good one. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll... I... Oh, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I was just going to say real quick. Uh, well, actually, a couple of different things. One is uh, you should see me over here rubbing my hands when when you mention soccer because uh, how are those contract negotiations going? I need to stop. I need to stop. Only March. March just started. Let's give it some time here, guys. Like, Adam, wait, we, we got, got so so you I trust Raul and Adu. They're gonna get it done. I trust the team. It's gonna get done. If I think I honestly real quick before you continue, I think what's gonna happen is we're gonna extend him. I honestly think if we don't get Champions League football in the next two years, we're gonna have to sell him. Um, if and maybe just the, like obviously not next year, but if it's in two years, like if we don't get it following next season, it might be an issue. But over two years, we're gonna have to sell him eventually. Which because which I understand, he's that much of a talent. And if he says I want to play Champions League, there's no way I would feel good about as a you know as a twenty. By then he'll be twenty. Like, good night. Like, of course you should. Like, of course you should. Like, you should. And I will always be a soccer fan. Wherever. He's one of those players I'm always going to say, well, he came up in hell end. Like, that's, that's <laughs> like, whatever. Like, well, I'll, I'll always be a fan. Like, I'm not, like, Ox, Ox, I'm always good with Ox. Because it's like, you know what? It's one of those things. Like, he came up with us. And you realize, like, hey, I want to play more. Like, that's your call. Like, it's your career. I can't hold you to it. So, but well, let's get soccer men, though. Like, <laughs> so, so, which, yes, which, I, I'm back here. I actually like Ox. I, I love his personality. Um, but the fact is, yeah, you know, he moves. He moved on, and that's that's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, again, wish him success. But yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I agree the same thing. Right. But you do what you have to do because at the end of the day, 
it's your career. I can't make you like this. It's your career. It's your agency. Like you want to play more? Yes, you have to do what's best for you. Like, you know, I'm always gonna look at like you know, um, it's like the Alexi Sanchez's of them. Like that's how you left. That's trash. But um, there's a there's a disagreement with. Ox, I, you know, it's each one. So that's my thing with Saka. It's like I feel like we're gonna extend him. I think it's. I don't. I don't have any question with it. But in two years' time, if we are not in Champions League football, I totally respect if he says, "No, nah, I got to get out of here." And honestly, I can't wait for that huge transfer fee that we get for him because he's gonna be <laughs> a baby. And at twenty years old, like you want that guy, especially if he's like. I hope we sell him outside of the Premier League. But considering Brexit and whatever is happening there, like he's going to be oh, even more so. The, the 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 price will be even higher because he's homegrown. So, mm-hmm. so and I mean, I honestly am like, how is this kid like? I'm going to be curious to see how um, Euros go because I personally think he deserves like at least to be called into the training camp for England. Like, yeah, the Nigerian training camp. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to second on this one. Well, maybe we can talk about that maybe later in transfers and rumors and stuff. We probably got off topic. I'm not even sure where we are right now, but yeah. I do. So just for my edification, sorry. What was it that we were talking about? Because I think we digress so hard. Oh, yeah. We were finishing it up FA Cup. Yeah. yeah um, and, 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 and Sheldon was talking about before, but, and I kind of wanted to, uh, and Joseph, not to deter your point, but I kind of wanted to give give Sheldon the floor to finish his point to kind of wrap up uh, about what Liverpool, you know, how hard Liverpool is going to play, and not just the FA Cup, but the next two matches. Because I did kind of serve him that, um, and then and, and yeah. then we can move on to uh, lesser clubs that play in Leeds England. But go, but go ahead, Sheldon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> Oh, man. So, real, real quick, yeah. I mean, I think tomorrow is going to be kind of a testy one, right? It's, it's I mean, one, because right, we're coming off a, a very public loss. We are playing, you know, Chelsea, which anytime you play Chelsea, you want to, you know, destroy them. Um, but I think there's kind of added motivation there. What I'm curious to see is who is playing, because from what I've heard, um, you know, some of the youngsters are, are still going to get <clears throat> a chance. And um, so that lineup is going to be telling um, for me. Um, I know, like I said, when you look at the, the games, we've got Chelsea tomorrow, Bournemouth Saturday, and then we're back with Atletico next weekend. So you got to kind of manage that squad um, to make sure that we're ready to, to, to handle business at Anfield uh, on the 11th. But yes, you know, tomorrow I'm expecting, um, I'm expecting a, a, you know, a, a, a solid squad that uh, is going to, to handle business um, and, and kind of push on. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, because I don't think, I don't. What I don't think is going to happen is that we're going to play uh, a fully strengthened squad um, with the idea that we can kind of overlook Bournemouth on on Saturday. Um, you know, just because it's Chelsea, uh, I, I don't think that Klopp is going to do that. I think Klopp is again, you know, uh, he's going to put a few 
um, starters in. I know Gomez is supposed to play, which I'm glad that he's back fit. Um, you know, I think Millie's going to play uh, tomorrow. Uh, but so far as who else from the squad is going to play, uh, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, I don't think you can overlook Bournemouth because I think when we come back to the league, we definitely got to, like you said, have that that uh, that message sent. So, um, yeah, like I said, yeah, definitely looking forward to, to what happens tomorrow. And real quick, Joseph, before we move on, I want to make this as quickly as possible. Um. Yeah, so um, I guess this tie between Chelsea and Liverpool, if, if that is indeed going down, um, I suppose the main thing to kind of watch out for is who defends better than the other. It's going to be one of those cases, again, where I think it's the same proposition as Liverpool um, and Atletico Madrid. Um, whoever defends better will win the tie. Um, I don't see Chelsea doing that. <laughs> um, I think Chelsea will probably... No, I, I definitely see Chelsea losing. Not just because Chelsea are the worst football club. <laughs> well, I mean, like, but at the end of the day, right? Like, at the end of the day, um, actually not the, the second worst club. So, it, 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 but I digress. The whole point being is that, it, it, besides that, I just have not seen enough boxing from this Chelsea side in not just the last couple of matches, the last few weeks, like, you got waxed um, with, uh, by Bayern Munich, and I told you, man, that that was going to happen to you, and what happened? Serge Nabry happened. And also, full credit to, um, I think it was Armour who made this prediction, Lewandowski did come off the bench and gave it to you. So, yeah, you got waxed. Then you went one and up against Bournemouth only to lose 2-1. Again, <laughs> not great. Sorry, not great. And now, at the end of the day, you're expecting to pull out a back against the war performance, against a Liverpool side that is absolutely looking to punish the first side that they see for the way that they went down to Watford on the weekend. <laughs> you, man, need to go to church, pray, get knee pads before you go, because you're going to be praying for a while to get this rush on. In a kind of way, like, you know when somebody, you, you've lost something, or somebody's taken something from you, you know, when you were a kid, you know, somebody stole something from you or, you know, you know, you lost something on the playground and you never got it back and all that sort of stuff. You got so mad. And when you got home, you went home and just like punched a pillow forever and all that sort of stuff. That's what I see Liverpool doing to Chelsea in this FA Cup. Like, I, I just don't, I don't see how Chelsea can, can, can take down this side. Both have so much to prove, but Liverpool will absolutely be using this as a launch pad. To remind everybody that, you know, just because they've dropped their, you know, unbeaten run doesn't mean that they're not a middle opposition. Uh, whereas Chelsea, I mean, the FA Cup is not what they really want. What they really want is to qualify for the Champions League. Um, so they're probably going to try and keep one eye on that. And I don't think the FA Cup is a competition that they truly want to win. So Liverpool over Chelsea, in my estimation. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, uh, you know, we kind of hinted at inferior clubs and we have a few things going on in the fair play section of the podcast, but I, you know, because I hate this club so much, so much, I hate Leeds so much. I actually hate Leeds probably more than I hate Liverpool, 
which is shocking to say as a Manchester United supporter. But I, <laughs> the, the level to which I hate, and it's not just them. I hate their club. I hate their stupid yellow and blue shield. I hate, I hate just everything about them. I, I just hate everything about them. And uh, I actually want them to make it into the Premier League so we can actually beat them twice next year. That, that's how much I hate them. I want them to qualify for the Prem and, and, and not necessarily win the championship, but, but at least qualify so they, can, so, so they can at least come up so we can knock their bitch asses back down into the championship again. That's all I want. That's, that's all I want. So wow. This I'm is all to say. How do you really feel? <laughs> I'm like, what? That's standard. What? <laughs> That's standard. Man United and Leeds absolutely cannot stand it. They read. Correct. Yeah. But the thing is, if you go around, if you go around England, at least, if you go around England football, most clubs will sing a song saying we all hate Leeds scum. Like, and it's it's a thing. <laughs> Nobody except people from Leeds likes Leeds. And even then, there are certain, you know, man and gal women in Leeds that just want to support Leeds United. Mm, I don't know about that. But that's beside the point. The point is, like, I see exactly what you're saying. Um, Leeds are a deplorable club. And I think this is a convenient segue into the topic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That, yes. So, um, obviously, so Kiko Casilla, who is the starting keeper for uh, Leeds United, um, transferred a season, a season and a half ago, um, uh, you know, um, has been their captain on several occasions uh, during the course of his tenure at Leeds, um, has, has been taken to task by the FA um, and the championship uh, for uh, and given an eight-match ban and fined sixty thousand um, uh, dollars or sixty thousand pounds um, and. Um, for racial abuse of a championship of, of another championship player, uh, yeah. I, as much as I want to say, you know, this is par for the course for Leeds United, <laughs> um, uh, and I appreciate everyone kind of giving me deference, you know, uh, for this because obviously, you know, as a Manchester United supporter, um, we, you know, we hate Leeds the most. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious what everybody else thinks because um, obviously for, for us, um, you know, Leeds uh, losing their main goalkeeper for eight weeks um, will probably knock them down in points and potentially take them out of the qualification for uh, where they're going to be playing in the playoffs potentially for uh, to, to come up uh, into the Prem. Um, which will be good for them because they deserve everything bad that happens to them uh, as a club, as a city. Um, <laughs> then, you know, so uh, yeah. How does everyone else feel about Chico getting an eight match ban? I mean, you know, the really sad part about this is that I think eight matches is the maximum for an offense of this, uh, this magnitude. Uh, is it maximum? I think it might not be. I'm not it sure. Might... On the... I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but go ahead. But be that as it may, I mean, the, I, again, the thing, the only thing that, because uh, I don't really have anything too much more to add. Yeah, you, you've done some, you know, some racist shit there. 
Um, you're a racist shitbag as far as I'm concerned. I really don't have any sympathy for you. You know, I hope, you know, you uh, when you do come back from your suspension in the next match, first match that you, you know, return to the side of the, you know, first 11 in, um, I hope that you concede seven or eight goals. And then I hope, you know, after that, um, the club releases you as a result of that. And then, of course, after that, I hope no club touches you with a 10-foot barge pole. And, of course, after that, um, I hope that you have to be forced to retire from professional football. Absolutely everything you Meanwhile, um, I think this also speaks to the fact that some of these punishments for racist infractions are so weak in, yeah. um, in the grand scheme of things. And it really, really is just, it's just tired now. So I would, I, I just hope that we can move on from the actual offender and move on to the like more, um, you know, to the more to the bigger picture here, which has always been, why are we not really seriously tabling some steep punishments for infractions of this nature? Like, I, if I'm not mistaken, Luis Suarez got a longer ban for biting someone than he did for racially abusing Patrice Evra. And that again speaks to what it is that it just it, 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 it takes the piss. Nicholas Bentner, or excuse me, Lord Bentner, <coughs> yeah, can't get that one. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Bentner, yeah, Nicholas Bentner, the legend, got um, you know a much bigger fine and suspension for dropping his pants and you know uh, advertising for Paddy Power than um, I think uh, the entire Czech, the Czech Republic side. No, it wasn't the Czech Republic side. Um, it was somebody the Czech Republic was playing. They had a black player, and he was subject to monkey chance. And I don't think there was anything but like maybe a fifty-five thousand euro fine or something like that. The level that, that, that the club, uh, sorry, the country that they were playing. So it was like again, you say that you want to kick it out, stamp it out, um, throw it out, uh, you know, whatever the euphemism that you want to use to talk about getting rid of racism in football. But again, I have to say. For what seems to be like the third week running, I don't believe you. I'm just I'm looking at these administrations, I'm looking at the punishments they levy, I look at how they handle it. I don't believe you. I do not believe that you are serious about getting rid of racism. I don't. Like I seriously do not. And you really need to fix up and look sharp because this just is not going to cut it. I mean, that if if fans can be banned for life for racist infraction. Players should be banned for life for racist infraction. It's as simple as that, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, I, okay, I mean, I mean I said, no, no, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll just agree with that. That I think, uh, I think the fine is too small. I think, I think he shouldn't just be banned for life. I think his entire, I think his his, his wages for the rest of the season should be seized as well. But I'm gonna let, uh, but but I'm gonna let uh, yeah. other folks uh, speak to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, as y'all know, I'm not one for punishment as a way of accountability and justice. Um, doesn't help uh, in the long term. It's not going to stop people from being racist. No. And, and it's not going to stop. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's like a systematic thing. Racism is a systematic thing, and it's countrywide, as you can see with the reaction to Brexit, uh, at least in the case of England. And, you know, although um, it's not the, you know, one, this one penalty is not going to stop racism, at least 
and I think it's justified, obviously. Um, I don't think, I think he shouldn't, I, I'm with Joseph, I don't think he should be playing anymore. Uh, at least for a foreseeable future until like, what are the, what are the mechanisms that are needed for just to see that his behavior is corrected? Because yes, he can lose his wages and, and not play. However, he's still going to be the same person. He's just not going to say anything that openly because he's going to get in trouble for it. Which, right. I mean, I think it's it's a solution in really short term. Yes, we're not going to be open about racism anymore, but at the end of the day, it's not going to, it's going to change the culture of football, and I don't think it will. But uh, I think so, it's a good so, decision. I, I have a counter to that. I, I, I have a counter to that because I feel, I feel pretty strongly about that. I'm so sorry. It, it, I think, um, I don't think the point is that we're going to solve racism in football by punishing uh, perpetrators of racist actions. I think you're just holding them accountable, right? Like we're holding them to a standard that we feel is acceptable in the world, right? And and what what Joseph was, I think, was saying is that we're not like football isn't serious, right? Football isn't serious about addressing racism because we're not adequately holding perpetrators accountable. Um, and I and I feel like, yeah, I think the objective, it's like, no, I don't think anyone believes that football will solve racism or punishment will solve racism in football either. But there must be that level of accountability and we must continue to agitate for that level of accountability to actually move the needle at all. And yeah, if, even if uh, his heart doesn't change, but his actions do, there's less harm being done, right? I think that, and that's, that is a measure of progress. Yeah, really quickly, I, I think that, sorry, real quick, I think that is most of what I, what I would say. Um, as I was sitting here, I was just thinking about the fact that it's not realistic for us to think that um, you know, we are going to change the hearts of, you know, all the racists in any league. Um, you know, as you think about sort of behavioral modification in general, whether it be, you know, helping people with depression or self-esteem or whatever it is, right? There's this, it's a very involved process that fundamentally starts and ends with that person. And so the question becomes, like, is that what we are going to be able to do here? And it's not likely. But if we can find ways where, you know, yeah, you might be seething, you might think that whatever, uh, the, the, you know, Lukaku is a damn dirty ape, you know, or you might, you might have that kind of the ape mentality. Um, but if you're not changing it, if you're not, um, you know, just instilling the systemic, uh, blocks for, you know, uh, people of color, then, um, you know, that's something that, that makes sense, that, you know, that's still progress, um, you know, I think, the last thing I said, I, I was thinking about again, is this theme that over the last several years has been big, you know, uh, this weekend, for example, watched, um, with the special on, uh, Netflix, oh, They, they Gotta Have Us, which is about, in short, the way in which black folks have made themselves invaluable through um, media, in particular.
particular like movies and different things of that nature and just like all right. different struggles and you know that people are go- you know going through to get to where we are um and particularly now in the last few years where again it's not just like can can you see a black face on a screen um and i don't mean black face in the bad way but can you see you know uh you know a person of african descent uh from the diaspora on the screen but you know and who, who is probably just a sidekick but now can you see our stories told and can you see them told in a uh, uh, a detailed and human way, right? And so when I think about football, I think about what ways in which, when we look at the leadership, can we start instilling again some of these faces, some of these people who are going to not just create a you know the football is diverse as it is, but is it inclusive? I think that's the question that that it comes down to, um, and I think that's where a lot of the impact can be made is not just, you know, seeing all these different faces, but making sure that people feel like, you know, I'm not just, uh, you know, um, you know, I, again, I feel included in this football community, um, and not just because I'm scoring goals. Um, how does that, how does that work? How does that, you know, come into play, um, you know, in, in different things in nature? Like I said, we go on for days um, and there's much more that I would like to say around that, but that's, I think, kind of, I hope, tapped on a couple of, of important uh, things that I wanted to share, so. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think uh, I think as we kind of transition into the other big news from the weekend uh, that happened in the Bundesliga, I don't know if any of you uh, were watching. I know I had posted in, I know I was like posting live reaction and posting a lot of links as it was happening because I was just so flabbergasted trying to, um, uh, you know, uh, so uh, Bayern was playing uh, in a match against Hoffenheim uh, in the Bundesliga this week or this weekend, and um, the game was stopped suddenly. Um, uh, they were up six nil, um, and this is fresh off of uh, dismantling Chelsea in the Champions League three, three nil, um, and they were at home. Or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, they were at home, uh, and they were playing. Um, uh, they were they were playing Hoffenheim, um, who are a mid-table Bundesliga team right now, um, and the game was stopped toward toward like right after halftime at like the 51st or 52nd minute because from the or no I'm sorry so so they actually were playing at at, at Hoffenheim Stadium because the away fans uh, the Bayern supporters and particularly their ultras had a number of banners that were. Um, directly aimed at uh, what is his name? Um, uh, Hassan Mahal. Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, and you know, they were they were they were mad because he had invested millions of dollars into a lower league German side. I think they were in the German, the uh, the, the Bundesliga third side, and now are playing. Uh, into the uh, Bundesliga, they're at the bottom of the table, but they're still playing in it, and they were mad at the fact, um, and and so mad that one of the banners read, um, you know, uh, he is a son of a bitch, uh, but it wasn't German, <laughs> obviously. Um, and they had a number of other things. They were they were saying racist racist chants, not to mention the fact what was also happening, but wasn't reported by a lot of outlets. 
but there was also uh, because all of this was kicking up that incited the the ultras to on, on not just the Hoffenheim side but also the uh, Bayern side to start lobbying racist chants at particularly the black players on both sides um, during the and this is and this is again in the second half of a match that Bayern had well in hand because again they were up 6-0 at this time and they had already stopped the game twice or no they had already stopped the game once for the uh, banners but then they stopped it again because uh, again the banners had been unfurled um, and then uh, flares were being uh, lit in you know in that quarter of the stadium and usually when flares are lit now what most uh, organizations tend to do, whether it be the FA or the Bundesliga leadership or La Liga or in Europe, FIFA um, and UEFA, what they tend to do is they will stop the match before the, uh, to kind of either, you know, let the flares dissipate and let the smoke go away because it can, you know, get into the players' lungs and it can affect their play. Um, so for health reasons, they have to stop the game. So, um, but this is not unlike things that have happened in the past. Uh, when I think uh, German ultras were particularly unruly, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just I, I, I know I was posting heavily into the WhatsApp group, you know, trying to keep everybody abreast of what was happening because it didn't just happen at you know during the Bayern game; it happened you know during the uh, Dortmund Freiburg game as well. That game was also stopped, and those fans were, and you know, those fans and supporters of both clubs for that game were warned because another banner was unfurled and the argument came up which it often does um and and this kind of goes back to our previous conversation with Kiko Casillo and you know holding racists accountable um because this is a this is a similar situation where they are holding a they are you know fans are trying to hold a billionaire accountable for putting putting millions of dollars into a club that they don't think necessarily deserved it so that they can be elevated to play in the you know in the top league in Germany, um, when they have been mistreating those same fans have been mistreating black players in all three German leagues um, for years. So I'm curious how everybody else feels. I mean, I don't know if anybody else saw what was happening. I know I posted the article in the docket, but I'm curious how, how everybody else feels about the situation. Not only because it's a you know a situation where someone with a significant amount of money pays for a team to uh, get elevated. So obviously I'm sure Jonathan is going to have opinion because we know that's how this, because we know that's how Manchester City uh, 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 got to the prem. But, um, you know, uh, I'm curious curious how everybody else feels. I'll I'll take you up on that because I actually did do um, a bit of research into it as I was watching it. Um, and this is the thing for me to start with this is actually old beef uh, because this goes all the way back to like 2008 when and it was a few years but eventually in 2014 he got the same exception that Bayern Leverkusen, Wolfsburg and a couple of other German clubs which are backed by like billion trillionaire conglomerates um, have got Wolfsburg are uh, fin- uh, financed by Volkswagen 
Bayern Leverkusen, uh, as the name probably suggests, they're backed by Bayer Pharmaceuticals. No shortage of money for either of those clubs, right? Right, exactly. But, but again, then again, this is this is this is where it gets really interesting for me, where Hop is concerned. Now I know Hop is a billionaire and obviously has other you know interests, including within football. So it's kind of like a Roman Abramovich, but not really, because when he got his exception, he's still bound by the same rules as everybody else. I mean, for buying Munich fans of all people to jump up and down about it, they didn't show this same energy to when Movie Honus got done with activation and all that type of stuff there. They really just need to quiet down because not only do they look extra foolish when you talk about other things that they should be showing a lot more energy to, like racist infractions and You know, they look super foolish when they're coming up to somebody like Hong, knowing that their club has pretty much outspent every other club in the league combined, even when we factor in Red Bull Leipzig. So like, it's just like, it, it, for me, this is done. Hopper's got his exception. He hasn't really outstripped any of the rules any more so than any of the people that I've mentioned beforehand, historically or presently or otherwise, you know? That, that battle is done. So to focus more on that instead of other things going on concurrently in the league like again, well, racial abuse are just playing up in the book too. There is, uh, outside of just in football, uh, or even within a lot of these German clubs, a lot of these ultras, you know, support like far-right groups like RFB and things of that nature. You know, these are much more important things to be discussing in terms of the state of the football You'll focus more on a billionaire that you deem as a threat, even though Hoffenheim haven't won anything for decades. <laughs> like it's, it's very strange to me that this is what people are expending energy on. Um, when really truly, not only is that fight against Hop over, at this point, unfurling those kind of banners, especially when Dortmund, when they unfurled banners, I think maybe back in 2015, um, Hop successfully sued a couple of supporters for unfurling banners of uh, his head in crosshair. Again, you can be as provocative as you want to be, so long as you're prepared for the clapback when it comes. Honestly, I'm not out here trying to defend a billionaire, but if I saw my head in crosshairs and thousands of people screaming for my head, yeah, I might get petty and I might go ahead and sue the shit out of you. Just to see how badly that you you know, how badly this means to you. How much does this really mean to you? You know what I mean? So I don't right. blame Bob for doing that at all. Because he's won at the end of the he got his exception. And any of the people who object to him having an exception but don't show any, you know, energy for the other clubs that have got an exception under the same rule. And the rule is still intact, by the way. It still works. It's still the envy of the footballing world. Um, unless you're a club like Man City who feels like they should be able to buy the world without <laughs> any restriction whatsoever. But again, that clapback is coming. The winter is coming, man. I told you this already. Anyway. Back to the point. I just don't see the point in, in crucifying Hulk. I don't. I think there's bigger fish to fry, especially in German football. I really do. So this was a really bizarre thing to see. I think the way that they handled it when they, you know, the players, um, the Hoffenheim players, the Bible and keepy-ups, that's pretty much the energy that really should have been shown to them. Like, you know, what you're bitching about, because that's what they were doing, bitching. What you guys are bitching about 
really isn't that important in the grand scheme of things. Hoffenheim is not a threat to Bayern Munich or Dortmund. What? Are you kidding me? Like, on or off the pitch, their men don't have that kind of muscle. Why are you so bent out of shape about somebody who could potentially be on the level that you are? Like, Red Bull likes it because you should be focusing on them. What are you doing? Like, it was a waste of time. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for the Bundesliga. It was embarrassing for clubs like Bayern Munich and Dortmund and whoever else. You're going after a guy who poses you so little of a threat. It would be like me um, unfurling a banner against, like, you know, a, a, a tent outside on my deck because I accidentally left a piece of chicken out there and barbecue It's really insignificant. It does not matter in the grand scheme of things. If Hop starts moving mad, then you man can go ahead and start pointing. But yes, if he's blatantly, brutally violating the 50 plus one rule, which he's not because he's got an exception, the league's already looked into it, they've already done their due diligence. No, he didn't pay them off because that same accusation could be leveled at Bayer Leverkusen and Wolfsburg, for example, as I mentioned before. I just feel like everybody who's participating in a part of that nonsense really, really got it wrong. And it's this is this is like the second or third time now that they've gone after this guy. Just allow it, man. To me, from where I sit, and again, maybe I do need to do a bit more research, which I'm happy enough to do, but based off the evidence that I've seen already, I don't see the point in even mentioning it. But everybody's got an axe to grind, and everybody wants to go ahead and extrapolate some false sense of superiority of somebody they deem themselves to be better. So, like, this is what this kind of this is a combination. You know, as they say with Joseph, to Joseph's point, you know, Arsenal and the kids of Arsenal, no offense to Amma. You know, you can't live with your own failures. So, what does that bring you right back to City? Uh, hating on City for us being billionaires and winning everything. Um, I, I think um, in the case for this, um, I will say, like, I agree with Joseph, like, it doesn't make any sense. In, in, in the sense that, you know, as aforementioned, like Bayern Munich, Leverkusen, Wolfsburg, these are all, like, just... It's like really petty, just petty, uh, petty, like billionaires going after each other. It's like billionaires fighting. Nobody else, nobody wins from that except uh, the billionaire, like the black ruling class type element. So, that's perfect. That is Like you have poor supporters, like uh, bashing, like what does that, like is that, what does that mean to you? It means nothing. You're actually doing the bidding of somebody else, uh, which makes no sense. So, and yeah, I, I I don't understand it. I mean, I understand it from that aspect because that's what we're indoctrinated to do, just uh, defend our overlords for at any cost. But um, you would think uh, how they talk about Europe, uh, particularly with like Germany and Nordic countries, that would have more sense of understanding <laughs> class dynamics um, <laughs> and racial dynamics too. But you know, that's a whole other story. Uh, but yeah, yeah that was good about it. Yeah, this is an entirely different podcast. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is I, mean, I, I had a similar thing where I was, I just thought, on its face, I was like, oh wow, look at that solidarity. Oh, both players on both sides backing the thing. 
like that's interesting right like it would be nice if i saw that um when when a player is being racially abused right like the level of solidarity was breathtaking to yes, me in support of this guy right uh, in contrast to what we all the things we see regularly um so that was the one point and then the second was just kind of like on its face like without knowing any of the intricacies or the history um um around hoffenheim i i was just like oh cool billionaires are getting bashed i'm down with that um but uh like like we've mentioned on the on the pod, pod so far it's, it's, a, it's a little more complicated especially with how clubs are um organized how the bundesliga is organized and you know unfortunately they have the history of of uh quote unquote breaking the rules giving these exceptions out so you know there is no case it, it, when, when push comes to shove so it's just like you said or both of you have said it's just energy going in in the wrong in the wrong direction it could be redirected to more productive um efforts so that's all i had about that it just was it was very weird that unrelated games like other Mm -hmm. matches had banners being unfurled against this guy and i'm like what did he really do like i I always feel like i'm missing some part (laughs) of the story because yeah it's i mean it's it's like three different games like and it's all they all protesting concurrently that was the really wild thing to me and I'm and I'm sitting to myself as I'm doing the research and going through the history Solidarity were shown to a black player being racist. 
on the pitch. Wouldn't it be wonderful? I'd love to see it, but I would love to see it. But evidently, I guess it's more important to defend the honor and the egos of the billionaire class than it is to defend uh, a black person from being dehumanized. Exactly. Yep, and I think uh, that pretty much sums up uh, everyone's opinion. And I kind of want to transition quickly, um, if we can, to, uh, you know, really, uh, obviously, Major League Soccer in the United States kicked off. um, And, uh, you know, this weekend, in in addition to uh, CONCACAF, uh, uh, congratulations to... uh, uh, I'm of the Seattle Sounders uh, for winning their match. Uh, hard-fought victory, um, a comeback victory. Um, uh, in in addition to the fact that the MLS season kicked off uh, this uh, this weekend past, and yeah, there were a lot of uh, you know we saw uh, Nashville uh, start their season uh, as a new club. We saw uh, Inter Miami, uh, owned by uh, Manchester United legend. England legend um, and all-around great guy David Beckham. Uh, uh, you know we've seen so many, uh, but he's also you know <laughs> he's also in that billionaire class we were talking about uh, previously in the Bundesliga. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you know, obviously I know some of us support uh, certain MLS clubs. I mean, obviously my DC United didn't win their game, but that was to be expected considering how bad we played. Uh, you know with our uh, MLS playoff exit. I mean, that's still, uh, you know, right before we started recording, I was literally talking about how awful we played and the fact that we re-signed uh, the keeper that uh, that had so many goals against him uh, towards the end of the playoff run. Um, and then we lost Rooney that same uh, playoff season. Uh, now he's playing for Derby County. So, yeah, I'm curious how everybody, you know, b- before we move on to moment of the match and goal of the week, I'm curious uh, if anyone has any thoughts I'm, I'm sure you do about Seattle, um, and I'm sure the Orlando City fans have uh, thoughts about Orlando as well. But, a, but a uh, look, listen, let's let Amma go first because boy. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll I'll say this. I mean, um, I was looking to see. You know, we had a, a few. Um, you know, as as the uh, reigning champion, um, it, it behooved uh, Seattle to come out make a statement at the beginning and you know going down early and um having to fight back and actually win it at the death um made for exciting football um but the thing i was looking for most is kind of like do the new new players gel how does our midfield look now that there's a couple of new new faces and and so far so good um uh what's the, the kid's name joel paulo um, who we signed had a had a pretty good game and Rui Diaz played well. Christian Rodan did the same. I, I just felt felt like okay, Seattle will be a contender again this year. I know they'll have terrible slip ups, but um, they're green shoots, green shoots at the beginning of the season. Um, and I, I last thing I'll say on the opening weekend is like, why do we have such terrible, terrible jerseys this season? <laughs> Yeah, they are pretty uh, um, awful. Uh, I think Inter, I, I think Inter Miami probably uh, of, of of the of the ones this season, Inter Miami probably has the best. But it's also that they're you know they're a brand new club, so I would hope that they would come out you know uh, with that you know they have that uh, vice uh, my, you know that Miami vice 
purple, which are, or pink rather, yeah. that is stylish. Yeah. I mean, uh, on top of that black and the white, I mean, that it's very crisp. Um, if I was a Inter Miami supporter, I would be buying all of the Inter Miami <laughs> paraphernalia, but alas, I am not. So Orlando City, real quick, before we go to a goal of the week and moment of the match. Uh, yeah. So, what's the what's the important thing to mention? Um, I think well, the match is definitely a board draw. There's no two ways about that. Um, neither side can really walk away from that one and say we deserved all three points because we didn't. However, what I will say is that I do like how um, uh, I believe it's pronounced Ruan looked for us. I think he was um, pulling all the strings either side really um, nobody was really doing much for um, Real Salt Lake they just kind of seemed to be going through the motions uh, and for large spells we did as well but Ruan definitely looks exciting um, he made um, a rather basic schoolboy error I can't remember in which half um, but uh, when he gave the ball away to one of the RSL players but I thought you know on the whole I thought he was really really good um, and I think it's you know he's he's definitely he's definitely showing glimpses of why he was so hyped up during preseason. Um, so obviously uh, Perea, our new uh, manager, will also be pleased that he didn't lose his in, de- in his debut for us. So I think that's fantastic as well. But um, I'll be honest, I didn't hear about Giuseppe Rossi being signed by Real Madrid. When he came off the bench, I was very surprised. <laughs> I was genuinely. I thought this man was <laughs> done. I thought this man was done. I thought he hung him up. Like, nah, apparently he's still got a bit left in him. You know, Zephyr Rossi is somebody who I, um, who I, who I liked watching, uh, who I thought would have a much more promising career than the one he did. But you know what? Uh, fair play to him. He's still out there, still doing, still doing the thing. Uh, and really quickly, I also want to give uh, massive honour and props to Thierry Henry. Glad you're still doing the football management thing. Um, glad you're still sticking with it. Um, hopefully not at our expense. Um, but um, yeah, I hope he does well at Montreal. He's gone off to a great start. So well. Adam or Jonathan, anything to add? I know Sheldon, you're you're not you, you don't support an MLS side yet. So I, I know you may <laughs> not have anything to add yet. But uh, Jonathan or Sheldon, Jonathan or Adam, do you have anything to add before we move on? Um, not really. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting. It's going to be an interesting season. Um, I think more yeah. so, um, you know what what the owners have said in the lead up, and I know it's part of the uh, part of you know what they have to do is you know that idea that you know one of the owners said, "No, nah, we're going to be the number three league in a couple of years. Like we're going to surpass. We're going <laughs> to just be the NFL and the NBA." I was just like. I mean, and I mean, I'm a baseball fan. I'm not going to lie, but I know it's fading. I know it's boring as hell. Um, but the, I, in hockey, I, I mean, I guess, but um, I don't know. It's just, um, I'm not sure. I think they're capital. I think that, that pride about it is just capitalizing on the fact that there are a lot of people who are into soccer um, and not necessarily, but also, I don't know if they're ever going to put the money into the game that, like the people that are into soccer still respect the quality of soccer. We still have 
Premier League sides and Bundesliga sides and La Liga sides because they have great quality. Serie A sides. You can see that there's just a huge drop-off when you go to the MLS. Like, I mean, and I know that's why they're pouring so much, like, they're hoping one of these teams pulls out in, like, the CONCACAF um, that they can, you know, finally say, look, we won that. Like, we want domestic. And then, you know, go to the Club World Cup. Great. Awesome. Which, you know, I hope it works out for them in that way. But that's going to have to be consistent. I think all of us soccer supporters will still, like, yeah, it's great, but I still, like, I've lived in New Orlando for three and a half years, and I keep saying, nah, I gotta get to Orlando City game, but it's still like, uh, like, what, you know, it's not, it's not there for me, where it's like, <laughs> one of those things that I have to do, like, right. it's like, no, it's great to go to a match, like, and you know, if it's like a Red Bulls or a NYCFC, or if there's somebody coming that's you know, if it's LAFC, something like that. Like, yeah, you know what? Let me try to make a match. But there's no real push. It's so I don't know, like that casual supporter. If you're not in it, um, and you're like gonna neglect the level that they play at, because you know you only have. Um, I mean, even that injury to um, uh, Jose Martinez for Atlanta at United who you could say potentially you can arguably he's like the he's definitely been the best player in the league uh the last couple of years and he's probably potentially out for the season with a torn ACL like what does that do to your like you know there's just not I mean all of the leagues um even with the NFL obviously our most popular league um in America it still relies on stars. Granted, the NFL, you, you try to make it more about teams, but you still have stars to push it. They still have, hey, Patrick Mahomes is playing. Tom Brady's playing. Like, the star level in MLS is just, it's not, like, I, I don't know what that owner was coming from. In ter- Like, we're just, not, I, I think he's just betting, like, oh, they love soccer. They're just going to support us. Like, no, we're not. Because if you're not right. putting out the quality and the stars, you're not gonna you're not gonna surpass all these other leagues that actually have those things established like even in baseball they got Mookie Betts they've got Mike Trout they've got people and granted there you can argue about how popular they are and how extroverted they are and how they're gonna promote them but they've got that NHL you've got Ovechkin they've they've got stars like MLS um, you know Pretty yeah. much, you know, um, you know, uh, Kucherov. I mean, I'm only going to name Lightning players because they're my favorite team and the best team in the league. But right. that's my but point. That's is, yeah, that's, but you see what I, I see? Yes, I see what you're getting at. I don't disagree, but I do rate the ambition of the, um, you know, the MLS saying, "Look, no, of you course know, you have to. You paid. I mean, how much did you pay to be an MLS team? You better be ambitious because <laughs> if you pay that 400 million franchise fee." Absolutely, we better be number three pretty soon. Like I yeah. totally get it, but I, I wonder do, I, just how realistic that is in that time I mean, it, I mean, it's definitely better in this iteration than there's ever been for the MLS. Because if you go back to the dark days of MLS, it was an absolute shit show. I mean, you know, back in the days where there were teams like Tampa Bay Mutiny, Miami Fusion. Oh, they, without they, question, without you question. Know, it was Carlos Valderrama out there. Yeah, it was absolutely. <laughs> absolutely horrid it was really really bad and also from a management perspective it was terrible this time they are serious about this you know i like the fact that they are 
one of the only association football leagues where they're serious about these salary caps. Love that. Absolutely excellent. Love that. Um, I'm not entirely sure about the viability of continuing to do the draft is, but that's more of an American thing and that's more or less to kind of make sure that they continue to blood in new American talent. And I don't I don't disagree with that. There have been there has been a lot of talk about doing that um, amongst, you know, the punters down the pub. They're copying that kind of model and seeing where they get for that so that they can try and improve England's national team ambitions. I mean, to be fair, uh, England's men and the United States men do have a similar problem in that as far as their pipeline talent is concerned. Not great, but the women have talent for days and they simply are looking abroad for answers to their solutions as opposed to just looking right next to them to their counterparts to learn from them. Another discussion for another day. I think MLS, um, MLS is poised to really, they do, they definitely don't just have the potential, but they are poised to, to overtake MLB. And I also, as somebody who is a massive Phillies fan, um, going into my you know second full season, I fell in love with that uh, ball club. I fell in love with Citizens Bank Park. I see why baseball is was at one point the national pastime. It's definitely not now. It's American football, and then after that, it's basketball. But I do see football being the third popular sport in this um, in this country. I do. I, 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 it's just a case of what can be done about the league not expanding, but rather building on itself. And it's, it's exactly where Adam's point starts to really ring true for me. Are you now going to start seriously looking at holding what you have and and attracting more uh, players around the world to come and play in your league and really adding to the quality of football? Because MLS does produce a myriad of quality moments, but it does so inconsistently. There'll be sometimes, there'll be a couple of weeks where there are a lot of boring matches. Uh, and then one match, it just happens to stand out. The Derby matches always live up to their billing, especially the um, LA Galaxy, LA, um, LAFC, uh, New York Red Bulls versus um, NYCFC. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Orlando City and Inter Milan, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Inter Miami. Um, <laughs> Do you know do well? Like, whoa, that's a distant derby. Orlando going to Inter Milan every two days. Like, whoa, that's that's real. Yeah, they would get destroyed. <laughs> Absolutely manhandled. Do you hear me? But I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, there's 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 a lot more to the MLS than than what uh, than what these guys. I do agree it is niche, but when you consider the history of the MLS up to now, it's as it's a bigger niche than it's ever been. It's definitely getting global attention. It's definitely getting attention from Premier League fans in the UK. Very, very big market. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they're doing something right. They're doing something yeah. right. It's just going to take a matter of time. And that's the other thing as well. Infrastructure is another big thing that the MLS has definitely improved on. They, they figured out, oh, hey, no, we can't actually pack out these American football stadiums because they won't come for us. Ah, what a novel concept and what a novel observation. So they started investing more in football-specific stadia. So much so that now the XFL uses a lot of those same arenas. Like um, the DC Defenders use Audi Fields, where DC United play, United, and so on and so forth. Like there's a lot going on there. So there's a lot of things that the MLS can offer to even non-football-related sports. 
Like right. they're doing they're doing it right this time. They've definitely got a good model going on. I still want to see the absorption of the USL uh, clubs, and I want to see a proper promotion relegation football pyramid put in. I really think it's time for that. I think that is the next major move that um, football in America and Canada, and by virtue of that, um, like Puerto Rico, because they play in the USL as well. Um, I do want to see, I do want to see that happen. Like, and then Canadian clubs too. I want to see that happen as well. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think, um, that, that, you know, because uh, we're running short on time, Joseph. So we've got to move forward. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, real quick, though, um, uh, you know, and we will have a MLS-specific episode uh, probably towards the middle of the season because there really isn't any, I mean, because the, the Euros will be heavy and we'll be talking about that. But I think we'll, you know, because we'll be in the middle of the summer and everything else going on. So we definitely will have more MLS-specific conversations, you know, National Women's Soccer League as well. Um, but also talking about the regulation. But before we go, um, I did want to, uh, you know, uh, get to the goal of the week, um, uh, moment of the match. I think the, um, uh, I think the, the woman's player uh, who dislocated her knee and put it back in place to play another 40, 40 minutes certainly deserves the moment of the match. Um, Absolutely. 100% uh, uh, I don't think there's anyone else who, you know, at least from last week, uh, who uh, this previous week, who, who deserves that more. But I think for the goal of the week, we had three uh, challengers, uh, which we don't usually have. And this is, you know, something that um, I think was uh, a, a new segment that we've kind of uh, joined in with the with the with the moment of the uh, uh, with the uh, match or moment of the week. Uh, and yeah, I think you know between the uh, Tigris keeper uh, scoring the goal. Uh, uh, Mitrovic's uh, Fulham goal and uh, Shamrock Rovers uh, Jordan Flores goal. I mean, I, you know, for me, I think a keeper getting a header uh, is certainly number two. But that Shamrock Rovers free kick was, my God, I, that was amazing. I literally had to watch it several times to see how. How he pulled that off. I mean, obviously Mitrovic um, doing what he does to uh, level with, uh, you know, to uh, get them level with Santi City. Um, obviously, they are fighting in the championship uh, to get uh, to come back into the Prem. Obviously, from getting recently knocked down uh, back into the championship. So obviously, they're fighting. But I, for me, it's between you know, my number one is the Shamrock Rovers free kick from Jordan Flores. Um, and I'm going to go around and uh, get everyone's vote. So let's start with Ama. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going with yours. That volley was so high up. Um, but I would be remiss to not mention Obama Yang's bicycle kick against Olympiacos. It was amazing and extra time. You know, and on another day, that would have been the winner. You know what, Ama? This is the reason why I appreciate you. Because you are always on <laughs> <laughs> I'm a homer. <laughs> uh, Sheldon? The volley. Gotta, gotta be that volley. That was just, I mean, no word. Uh, let's go with Adam. Sam Rock, but as the gunner, I, yeah, Alba was trying, he did his best. He did what he had to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
And finally, Joseph, before before we wrap up. Well, you know, obviously, you know, Day, um, the shamrock, um, that shamrock free kick was gorgeous. Honestly, I think a lot is made of free kicks and whether or not they're, you know, they're impressive or easier to do than anything else. Not take anything away from the technique of the volley, but that free kick, you can hit that 99, you can hit that 100 times and miss it 99. Yeah, yeah it'll be a while before. If that's not at least shortlisted for Puskas, then, uh, we can just go ahead and pack this up and, and, and call it a day. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> um, uh, thank you again for joining us for another uh, episode of uh, the, the Banter, uh, the, the Banter Pub podcast. We will uh, come again next week with um, UCL with UCL conversations um, and uh, post match thoughts, uh, Europa League uh, thoughts as well. Um, and then another week of uh, Premier League football. So, uh, they, and obviously MLS as well. Uh, so, thank you again for uh, listening to the podcast, and we uh, look forward to uh, giving you this great content in the future. <laughs>